Vegas Video Network Studios, just steps from the Las Vegas Strip, it's Top of the Food Chain. And now your host, he's one part Mohawk, two parts Attitude, and a touch of what the f***, it's Al Mancini. Mad applause. <laughs> Who came up with that opening? Okay. You, you can blame I mean, Scott on that. Okay, one. okay. But for, that, let's, get, let's get the preliminaries out of the way, okay. please, John, before you start the criticism. Okay, please. fine, fine, fine. Drink fine. your rum and we'll get to the I, criticism. I'll get the rum soon enough. Welcome to Top of the Food Chain on the Vegas Video Network. I am your host, Al Mancini, but you can just kind of think of me as your culinary baby New Year. Because. Welcoming in 2012 for the foodies. Look, I am fat like him, and if Scott would actually pan down, I am wearing a diaper just to get into the spirit of things, but uh, he won't let me show that. He didn't think it would be good. And I've got the old man year that just went out sitting next to me, so. Uh, but I, I want to be offended, but for once I am not. Anyway, welcome to Top of the Food Chain. You're watching, hopefully live, here on the Vegas Video Network. If you are watching on the Vegas Video Network, or watching live anywhere, we're on live stream, we're on Roku, we're all over the place. If you're watching live, get in the chat room now, because it is always fun when you have John Curtis on the show, and you're going to want to be asking questions. We're going to try to keep it a bit more civilized, maybe a bit more mature this time around, but we'll see what Don't happens. Don't bet on it. <laughs> um, yeah. Look, I, I need to remind you, all the Vegas Video Network programming, and it keeps growing by the day, it's all available at VegasVideoNetwork.com. It is on YouTube, it's on iTunes in both audio and visual mode, and you can listen to it on your AM radio every Friday night. They just stream us all together. That's at KSHP AM 1400. If you are listening and you have a question for a future show, dial it in now and record it. And, or just call and say something dirty, because we like that. 866-966-4599. You can also email us with questions for future shows. That is food at VegasVideoNetwork.com. One last piece of business to get out of the way, but this is a fun piece of business, and then we'll turn to John. Our sponsor, Please. once again today, is Bread and Butter. The great guys at Bread and Butter. One of the great new restaurants. Absolutely. Over on Eastern, um, incredible bakery there. They've got great sandwiches open for breakfast and lunch. They also do dinners on Wednesday night with, um, with Ben's Barbecue. He comes and brings the oh, truck out right. there. Oh, that's right. They just started that. I, I have not been yet to that. Very cool. If you go tomorrow, I guess tomorrow's the Feast of the Epiphany, which all my Catholic school years, I almost forgot that. Um, I had an epiphany with a stripper once. You heard a stripper okay. named Epiphany. Yeah, I, I had a stripper was, named Epiphany once. Okay, thanks. But I for get. the Feast of the Epiphany, they're doing um, a traditional Epiphany cake. They're doing a French version of it. It's a pastry stuffed with an almond filling. Um, and in the tradition of this cake, there's a bean somewhere within the cake. And if you get the piece with the bean, um, you win a prize. And if you get the piece when you go buy bread and butter tomorrow with the bean, I, you get a free dessert or a free something. Chris, I'm so sorry, I forget. But it's, it's free stuff and it's cool, so it's worth going to check that out. You had a bean I, I, I didn't and have an epiphany. A bean and an epiphany. You're, you're, as long as we're here, we usually would end the endorsement right there, but you're a big fan of bread and butter, oh, right? Oh, huge fan, huge fan. I mean, I, mean, I just, uh, I can't say I discovered it, but every, every foodie in town was anticipating Chris Heron because he was at, on the uh, Lulu's on the not no. Lulu's on the move. Lulu's and on Bouchon the move before that. And Bouchon, he was seven years. He was the baker at Bouchon. Yeah. And when we got word uh, through when they were doing all the food truck thing with Lulu's on the move, he said he was going to do a uh, you know a bricks and mortar store, and everyone was looking forward to it. And he hit the ground running. I mean, 
It's just pastries on a different level. You can keep Thomas Keller happy with your exactly, pastries. Exactly. You can keep anybody happy. And Chris Heron does it at Bread and, and Butter. Do you have a favorite dish over there? Oh, anything, any of the pastries. The muffaletta is to die for. I mean, he does that... Um, what does he do that uh, that that ham and cheese with the country gravy on yeah, top is just great I mean this isn't diet food folks but as you can see Al and I don't <laughs> we're subscribe not to diet diets. food you know um, so yeah. there Chris you definitely um, you got two endorsements for one thanks for sponsoring yeah. the show we really appreciate it yeah. now we're moving back to the new year and happy uh, it, new year happy new year it always pains me to have John on the show but I thought this was a good excuse to have him back well someone's got to give you a little class <laughs> class is what you call it. Huh? Yeah, okay. Well, all right, well you do. You always have the pocket square. Yeah. That's a very classy thing go. that you got going on there. For once, I have not blown my nose in it for the, for the day. We're going to try to keep it a little more civilized today. Come here the last time? Yeah. You drove me to drink last time. <laughs> yeah, well, you got the Sailor Jerry out this time. Yeah, so. just in case. This is my security case. blanket right here. Depending I, on how much you attack me. I almost You were you very that. aggressive last time, Mr. Uh, Mancini. Uh, absolutely, I you was. You kind of went right after me, but I'm, uh, I'm, we're both a little older I'm now. A kinder, gentler yeah, show. Yeah, okay. I almost came in and gave you an aneurysm with a brand new tattoo to show off, but my tattoo uh, artist got busy today. I, you know, I love tattoos. They're just so high class. They are. Okay, on with the show. Okay, fine. The, the reason I wanted to have you on, John, because anybody who writes about food for a living, writes about anything really. The new year comes and we've got to pick our favorite things of the year, trends of the top year, 10, top, top 10, yeah. blah, blah, blah. That's what you spend all of right, December right. working on. Right. So I wanted to go through a few of the things that you and I have written, share them with people out there, and maybe debate, argue, yeah. or agree on some of these things. Okay. Um, what do you want to start with? with? Oh, I'm going to start with myself. Okay, please. Because it's my show. Um, in City Life, I wasn't asked to do favorite dishes or favorite restaurants, mm -hmm. anything like that. I, I kind of decided to come up with, they, they always ask for the top food stories of 2011. Yeah. And I don't know that I can say the top like stories. Like the trends, you mean? I decided like to go more with the trends. Yeah, yeah. And so I came up with five trends. I'll run them down real quick, and then I'm going to ask you whether you think these really were trends and whether they're going to continue to be trends okay. going forward. The trends that I came up with for 2005, you can find my, me speaking about these in city life, is the growing locavore movement here in town, um, homemade artisanal products in chef's kitchens. Um, the food trucks have become a lot more stationary, and I'll explain what I mean about that. Oh, there's a nice little picture of me in the corner there. Hollywood has uh, did a lot You're of You're no better looking you know, in still life than you are on video. <laughs> no, I am not. Okay. In fact, I try to move a lot so people yeah. can't see how ugly I am. But um, Hollywood did a lot of spotlighting our local chefs last year. And then the Asian offerings, I think, have become a lot more expanded and a lot more realistic. So let's, go, let's start with the locavore movement. And can you, would you like to explain to people what locavore means? Well, it, it's kind of odd because when I started writing about food here in 1995, one of my jokes was it's hard to talk about, you know, they didn't have the word locavore in 1995, but it's hard to talk about, you know, uh, bringing uh, locally sourced ingredients and having homegrown food in a town with no agriculture. I mean, when you think about it, they're, they're really, I mean, Vegas is small because we're an island in the desert for what we are. I mean, that's why we're not a very big media market, unlike a St. Louis or Atlanta or San Jose or whatever, or Phoenix that has 50 suburbs around right. it. We're just Las Vegas sitting right here. We don't have it's not like we have 30 bedroom communities around us, but we don't have any any agriculture. Never have. Well, we didn't. We didn't. But here. but it's gotten bigger, and the local movement's taken off in a big way. And I think that uh, 
uh, the farmers markets, which I think is what you're talking about. Well, no. yeah, I mean, overall, and I know you're going to roll your eyes at one, at least one of these, but locavore, for those of you who still don't understand what we're talking about, it means eating food that's locally grown and locally harvested. Well, let's keep one thing straight, I think, in Las Vegas. You have to define locavore as almost, unlike New York or Atlanta or St. Louis, you have to, locavore here means within a 200-mile radius of this place. I, you know, I think, you know, it's funny, or because I've got a friend actually in a, in a band, band, Bad Brains, but he yeah. lives in Woodstock and organically farms, and he brings it down to Union Square to sell it. So what you're buying in New York could be coming from exactly. further than 200 miles and, and, away. And what so. you get here comes from San Diego sometimes and, and the Southern California. Now, see, I think there's a lot being grown right here within a 50-mile radius right now, but a there, lot more than there it, used to be. Yes, there is, and I agree with you, but I disagree. It's not enough to make a big difference. I mean... All of the locally grown stuff in Pahrump and Sandy Valley and Overton put together couldn't keep two restaurants afloat in this town. Right. I, but, I they, but, but they do grow nice though, stuff. And it is very it nice is good that, stuff that, that you that can get this. it. You can get that at the farmer's markets. Exactly. We now have shrimp being harvested just a few miles out of town. Dumb. You, you, you want to get into this uh, shrimp? I mean, come on, Al. What is your problem with sustainable seafood? That You know, when shrimp is grown near an ocean, <laughs> the harvesting of shrimp near the oceans inevitably pollutes the oceans. Farm-raised shrimp in Asia dispense so much waste into the nearby waterways that they're destroying the environment. Oh, well, That's not happening agreed. here in the a desert. Agreed. But, but, but my problem is this. You don't mess with Mother Nature, either with farm-raised shrimp in Southeast Asia or in the middle of the Nevada desert. There is nothing that we're doing with seafood that isn't messing with Mother Nature. Anytime you eat seafood, it's messing with Mother Nature. It's bringing all, right. all in in ridiculously large nets. I mean, so yeah. if you're going to do it, do it in a sustainable way and do it in the desert so that there's not a carbon footprint bringing it to our local casinos. Have you tasted those shrimp up there? I have. In fact, what do they taste actually, like? Actually, I haven't had the ones that came out of there. I had the prototypes that came out of, I think, North Dakota, right. and they were really good. Um, Mike Miner did an entire dinner or did a tasting dinner where he did a course dedicated to them. Um, I guess in the fall, and they were good stuff. Zach Allen raves about them. Zach Allen yeah. over at Carnivino. Um, we're, yeah, we're naming chefs. Mike Miner at Border Grill. Zach Allen over at Carnivino and B&B loves them. Um, right. So they, they've got some fans. Uh, well, okay. I, well, well, the shrimp thing, I'm never going to agree with you on. I think, I think you ought to, when you ought to eat shrimp in South Carolina and, and, and Gulfport, Mississippi, and you should eat salmon in the Pacific Northwest and and, you know, I don't think we should grow them here, but that's another thing. We should get them out of the Gulf because that's yeah, so yeah, healthy right yeah. now. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, back, back to the okay, so local war movement. Do you think that's going to continue to grow? I think it is. I think, you know, uh, Kerry Clasby is, uh, Kerry Hogan, there's the, the, the battle of two Kerrys we have going. Kerry Hogan has her great uh, farmer's markets on Saturday and Sunday, one at Tivoli Village and one at, uh, on Eastern. Eastern. And Kerry Hogan um, is now Thursdays at... The Springs Preserve, and is going to be expanding to bring it downtown. And so we, yes, and I think and uh, these are going to grow, and and there's going to be this huge demand. I just wonder if when the demand finally catches on, will the supply be able to meet it? Well, hopefully, when it becomes profitable, more <clears throat> people will go into the business. Also, um, Gina Gavin will be bringing back the feed farmers market in it, March, I think. I love Gina. I love everything she does. But hers has been the least successful of the farmer's markets. I don't know why. I've been there when it's been packed. Okay, and I've um, been there when there's been four people there. So, I mean. The cool thing I like about that is there's actually people, okay, now we have to go maybe 75, 100 miles, maybe further. But relatively local ranchers who have yeah. completely natural grass-fed beef that they'll bring down to that market. Yes, I hope so. But, but I was talking to a chef, uh, Sean Rowe, at Table 10 
a month ago and he said, there's a great organic beef ranch up in Northern Nevada, but they want so much for their steaks that not even the, our steakhouses like Cut or Delmonico will, will, can afford the beef. Okay. That's kind of a weird thing. Move yeah. on and we, I don't want to be <clears throat> a dead horse or a dead okay. cow with okay. all of these. Move on. Um, what was your second? The, art, the artisanal products that are being made. When I moved to town. Yeah, what are you talking about? When I, when I moved to town, I didn't know anyone that was making their own charcuterie or salumi. No one was making their own cheese. Yeah. Right now, I can name six or seven, five, five to seven chefs that are doing that in the house. And I mean, Gino, Gino Bernardo at Nove, Nove. Italiano, um, Zach Allen and his team at all of the Mario Batali restaurants. We've got um, Spago is making his own. Uh, Spago it, has makes his own charcuterie. Yeah. Um, Brian Howard is doing an incredible charcuterie program at Kamsa, and then we've got Matt Silverman making his own cheeses over yeah. at Vintner Grill. I think that's pretty cool. It, it's a cool thing, and it's something that was, would have been. Someone told me five years ago that people were doing that. When I would have believed anybody that they even could have done it. But yeah, it, it's it's neat. I, I question whether it's kind of. It's kind of bandwagony, a little gimmicky. Well, yeah. that's what a trend is, John. Yeah, yeah, you know. And I wonder. <laughs> These are trends. Uh, and, and I hope it sustains itself. I don't think we need every chef making his own charcuterie, but I think it's good that Vegas is sort of copying what's going on in Chicago, New York, other places. Yeah. And if, excuse me, my voice is. Yes, no problem. I have been, some rum. That'll that's help. why the <laughs> rum is here, folks. Yeah, thank you. Um, another one, good or bad? We can't deny a lot of Hollywood chefs shining spotlights on. I mean, Hollywood shining spotlights on local chefs. We had three guys on Top Chef Just Desserts. We had um, my buddy Vic Vegas, who's a good friend of this show, went all yeah. the way to the finals on Food Network Star. We had um, Jean-Paul Lavadie, who formerly a Marche Bacchus, now at Garfield's, did really, he won. And I have, um, a, I have a scoop for you. What's that? No longer there? Mm, uh, I'm not supposed to say this. Can I say this? You, Is anybody watching? You can watching? say anything you okay. want. <laughs> well, the, uh, one of the, uh, there is a local chef uh, from one of the Batali restaurants who will be on the upcoming season of Chopped. Excellent. Right. And right. there are some people that I just mentioned, at least one person from one of the many shows I just mentioned, I believe, maybe on Chopped All-Stars. Ah, so there so you go. We've got so, yeah, and, and don't forget, they, did a, they filmed an entire season of Top Chef Masters here, which I was lucky enough to be on uh, three of the episodes. And so that, do you think it's good that they're, they're oh, spotlighting yeah. these guys? I, I, think, I think what's happening with our food scene, with things like Hollywood focusing on it and all these shows, once again... It's, it's like what's happened with arts and all kinds of other things. The rest of the world pays more attention to us than we do. And it's you know nice, I mean? these aren't the celebrities. These are the guys yeah, in the kitchen yeah, that they're they, putting yeah. on these but, shows. But, but the, Hollywood, the, the TV producers, the food shows are recognized. Anthony Bourdain, yesterday I spent an hour on the phone with Andrew Zimmern's people because they're coming here to film one of his one-hour shows, um, Bizarre Foods in Vegas. Everybody's paying attention to Vegas. Unfortunately... You and I pay attention to it, but within Las Vegas, you know, we still have, you know, you know we have the, our, our newspaper, the RJ, which is complete crap. You know, we, we have, you know, we, we have, we just don't have enough. It, it seems like we are a bigger deal in the rest of the world than we are in our own backyard. And that, that makes me kind of sad. And I think I'm glad you beat the drum. I've been beating the drum for 16 years. Max Jacobson beats the drum. God bless her. Heidi Napranello does what she can do. But, but. Food is, is a major drawing point to Las Vegas, and it seems to me that uh, within the one and a half million people that live here, it, we, it still gets a shrug, except for maybe, I mean, how many foodies do you think there are in Las Vegas? I mean, true foodies that read you and me and Max, you know, religiously. I'd and, say probably the 5,000 that are your Facebook friends. <laughs> that, 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 you know, that, that's pretty much my, always been my guess, too, of the, the and, you know, that when we share a lot of those people. Right. But there's maybe five 
maximum 10,000 people that, I mean, are committed to food in this town the way a Brian Howard is or an Al Mancini is or a Chris Heron is or their customers. The rest of the people, you know, you know, the, you go out to someone, you know, it's full every night. <laughs> Brio. Can I yeah, swear no, on the air here? You know, he's going to have to edit for radio. Uh, okay, do, okay. So. Friggin' Brio <laughs> is packed every friggin' night. Okay? A chain Italian restaurant throwing just slop out of a bag. You know, Nora's goes out of business, and Brio can't get it. You can't get into. Talk about pissing me off. That pisses me off. All right, hey, sorry. Joe, no. I feel better now. Bennett, Bennett, it got all that phlegm Thank out of you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really, I mean, geez. Um, I think I'll settle down now. Thank you. Do you agree that um, Asian food's gotten a lot more authentic in the past year, and you think we're moving more in that ja direction? Japanese are killing it right now. I mean, it's just, I mean, Spring Mountain Road is so great. I mean, it's another drum that I've beaten. I think you're beating it more and more these days. Max, Max was there before us, really. Right. But, I mean... You want great food at a great price? Screw Brio! I mean, get rid of it! <laughs> but now we go to Spring but Mountain Road! Just sushi. We, you know, a year and a half ago, two years, when, when um, Monta opened, we thought, oh my God, a, a ramen house. And now we have at least three good ramen good, houses. The anime there. ramen is great. I don't think it's as good as, as the others. But I agree, I agree. But, but it's still fun. It's still good. It's a fun place. Big Wong. The chicks are hot, by the way, in anime. Oh, yeah. You should put a if, hot if, hostess watch out If you that. like pink hair, they're, <laughs> yeah. very, they're very hot. Big Wong, everybody's loving these Oh, well, thank you. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the pink hair does for him. Yes, it gets me you know, excited. The Big Wong. Uh, Big Wong and, you know, Nakamura Ya. Have you been to Nakamura Ya yet? I have not. But they used to run a place on the other side of town that did the same thing. So I'm Really nice stuff. Their... And uh, I'm told that uh, Mitsuo Endo, Endo-san, who runs Raku, is going to be taking over the two places in that same shopping center and opening an authentic Japanese bakery there as well. Right. So, so, I mean, I think... And Kayara, once you get off Spring Mountain yeah, Road, Kayara is really a nice. place that's really And, great and in your neck of the woods, East Ocean Dim Sum... On, east, on Eastern, right on, in the same shopping center. Well, where, well we're, new, we're moving away from Japanese. Then. Yeah, I, I, yes, well, Asian. I'm right, just no, no, Asian. And also soda, I mean, soyo, excuse me, for Korean. Soyo's fantastic. Yeah, so there's... And it's no longer the stuff that you only used to get in tourist, you know, joints. It's actually the stuff they eat in the real country. Right. The, the, and, the, um, the Panda Express stuff is, you know, and, leave that uh, to the Brio crowd. Cafe okay? de Japan. Cafe de Japan is Which fabulous. is like a little Japanese diner where you get yeah. eggs and ketchup over rice and stuff. Right, right. But, but great filter coffee. I mean, yeah. oh, I mean, I love it all. Yes, the Asian stuff, the Japanese stuff, this is something worth talking about. Sooner or later, the public's going to catch on. We have a gem of great cheap eats in this town. But once, unfortunately, the Summerlin crowd goes to Brio. <laughs> okay. And then one last thing, because I've heard you declare food trucks dead. <coughs> the, the trend that I pointed out is not that food trucks are dead, but that actually they've become more stationary. That people still want the food, but the day of following them on Twitter and driving across yeah. town just to get a slider, yeah, that's, that was, that's 18 months that was ago. cool for the hipsters 18 months ago. Yeah. I honestly never thought it was cool, but I'm yeah. too old to be a hipster. But don't, don't you think you can feel that waning almost, right? It doesn't have the cachet that it had a year ago. Chasing them is almost... Gone. gone, but yeah, the yeah. the festivals like right. like Jolene does and, and like and Brock Vegas Brad, Streets, Brock Bradkey does, and um, downtown and, Vegas Streets, yeah, exactly. which is um, Rick Guerrero actually yeah, helps yeah. organize that one. Yeah, I mean the festivals now because people still want the food truck food. There's some good food coming out of food trucks yeah. in this town. 
It's, it's very caloric stuff, though, Al. I mean, it's just, you're eating, like, I mean, I, I mean, Says I the guy it. who will eat foie gras six it, times a week, right? And I have the girth <laughs> proven, okay? Okay, um, yes, but, but the trouble with food trucks is you're eating standing up, and let's face it, no one, no one over the age of 25 really likes to eat standing up. It would help you burn off some of those calories. Yeah, yeah it might, <laughs> but it's just, to me, not, it's not that interesting of food. I mean, it's more interesting when a guy like Chris Aaron opens his bread and well, butter, that and then really shows you what he can do. Well, that Chris has opened bread and butter. Yeah. Um, of course, uh, Sliding Through have opened their second location, which is more of a sit-down restaurant. They're about to open a drive-through. Um, Fuku Burger set up shop with Harry Morton in L.A. In L.A., <laughs> yeah. I mean, how did that happen? Uh, I don't know, but whenever Harry gets involved with things, I get a little nervous. Yeah. <laughs> the man who brought his pink taco. I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you got to. Sorry, now yeah. that he doesn't own the world in this town, and his father doesn't own the world, we can talk about the fact Well, you know, Pink, pink Taco, can we, can we digress about Pink Let me tell you a story about Pink Taco, okay. real, real quick. We got a minute here. <laughs> we got a minute. We got a minute. Okay. Back in the day, I represented a guy who, uh, I, I practiced law back in New York and Connecticut a long time ago, and a guy, a um, friend of mine, a client of mine, got busted for drunk boating on, you know, <laughs> on a lake. I mean, you know, he was just, he was one of these wild kids. The name of his boat was The Pink Taco. Okay, right. uh, this was back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. When he came up for sentencing, the judge was so offended by the name Pink Taco, as was the prosecutor, that they threw the book at this guy. I have a better story about okay. the Pink Taco. Um, in the casino chip collecting world, there right. are a lot of um, you know, people collect real chips, but then there yeah. are kind of commemorative chips that come out. Right. And the Gaming Control Commission wants to make sure they're not obscene. The Riviera right. once put out to honor porn stars for the AVN Awards, and they said, no, you can't put those out. So they, will, they put out a... Must have broken your heart. It did. Okay. Let's not yeah. get off on the okay. porn star tangent. Um, yeah. But they, the Hard Rock had been open for years, already had the Pink Taco, had been yeah. operating, gotten yeah. it past gaming, but they put out a non-monetary chip with Pink Taco on it, and gaming found out and went in and confiscated it because they were so offended by the, it being on a chip. But there's a restaurant right, right. there that's it's been, been operating for years. It's here. been yeah. operating yeah. for years. I, I personally, I mean, I've, I've enjoyed many a pink taco. <laughs> uh, many, I can't say much more than that. But I do think it's, uh, I always thought it was kind of amazing. They got away with it here. And, yeah. they, and they did. Anyway, we're, we, we okay, we're off. We, we're, you know, we're, we're, we, we're, we always digress. Okay, and that's what was your other, what was your I, other I think we actually hit them. I want to talk about. Now, let's move on. Okay. Let's give people time to breathe. Okay, there we go. <gasps> Cleansing breath. Yes, okay. or, you know, this way it should be maybe that Le Mans breath. <laughs> I'm going to add a little water to my <laughs> sewer, Jerry. You know, it might... Uh... I feel like we're giving birth to a show yeah. right now. Um, okay, now what you did for the weekly was come up with your top five dishes of yes. the year. And we're going to put them up on the screen, and then we'll see you if we actually have agree. a graphic, a real graphic? A real graphic of John's top five dishes. Hot chihuahua, look at that. And, there um, you go. So you had the, the oxtail. Who's that good-looking guy in the can, corner? Can you right see there? that, old man? Can you read that? Yeah, okay. What is that? Okay, yes. Oxtail bucatini at Le Cirque with oxtail sauce. Roasted sea bass at Dewey Forney made in one of those, one of their hot ovens. Dover Sol at Eiffel Tower. Uh, mascarpone cheesecake at RM Seafood. They got this... They've got this Teresa Gwiz, Gee Whiz Teresa, they call her, at, at, at RMC, who's wonderful. And the one that I just put in just to get your just goat. Despite me. The, the cheddar cheeseburger at PJ Clark's. I want to talk uh, first. The first argument I'm going to have with you is the Oxtail Bocatini. Not because I would ever disagree with anything Gregory Pujan is putting out of the Cirque, yeah, but yeah. because here's where John and I differ. 
he, he's telling readers what the best dishes are of the year, and he puts something out there that's off the menu, which none of your readers can get. What's John can that? get it, I can get it, but you people can't get it. Well, if so, you are me or aspire to be me, you can possibly get it, okay? That's, that's just, that is a, such the indicator of how you are a one percenter, John. Yeah. Um, but no, I love Gregory's Guilty food. Guilty as charged. Yeah. But have you had his um, langoustine with caviar? Oh, yeah. That uh, I think with the is little the, with the little cubes of of of, uh, of, of vodka, gelé, yeah, of gelé. gelé. Off the hook. To me, I so mean, if you guys yeah. want to go to the Cirque and yeah. have a dish you're actually allowed to eat, I would go with the langoustine with caviar. They told me they were putting the oxtail bucatini on the winter menu. They told me okay. that New Year's Eve. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm hoping we can hold them to it. So okay. Good. Um, the, the sole at the Eiffel Tower is amazing. Very expensive, but I mean, if you like Dover sole and they, 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 they fillet it for you and four little plump fillets with this kind of a lemony beurre blanc sauce with little chunks of, of you know, the lemon pith, you know, the, the, you know, in the lemons on, oh, it's just, it's just seafood on such a, let me, my eyes roll back in my head just even thinking. You about once it. actually said, I think it was two years ago in the first edition of our book that at Eiffel Tower, they don't do any knockdown drag out crazy, incredible foodie food. I, and I disagreed with you. I said, you have to search for those items on the menu, but when you find them, they are incredible. Well, it's, it's a tour, Eiffel Tower is sort of a tourist restaurant. I mean, they, the whole idea, it's romantic, it's wonderful. They're not gonna, they're not gonna dazzle you with really obscure things or something like, like that langoustine with apple jelly. I mean, they usually have one or two on the menu, the yeah. Osash and cake with the yeah. foie gras, amazing. Yeah. Um, but okay, so uh, we, so that's it. And then uh, let's get. You want to argue about the cheeseburger? Let's just argue. Well, I want to say, do it for me. You know what cracks me up is right. I have never had that entree because it's fairly new. Yeah. It's, but they only have two entrees. Do it for me. It's a great restaurant. I mean, right. I just wrote a little bit about it in City Life. Great pizza, um, and they have some incredible apps and other things on the menu. But there's just two entrees. It's like out of the blue. It's a pizza place right. that has two things. And it, to me, it just always felt like I would never go there just to have an entree. But you obviously have, and you say it's great. I, I looked at it one night, and it, well, actually, they brought it to my table. It's another great thing about being me, but uh, <laughs> sorry, it's true. But, um, uh, they, they, they said you should try the Branzino. It's a bit of arugula with sort of a nice uh, caper uh, vinegary, vinaigrette, and they just take a nice a small piece of sea bass, and they sear it on that 800-degree oven, crispy skin, boom, put it on top, uh, just very lightly seasoned. It's just a really fine piece of fish. I think it's $26, and it's probably the best fish dish I've ever had off the strip. Really and wonderful stuff. Should, I should tell people, we, we call it a sea bass, Bronzino. It's the Italian name for Mediterranean sea bass. Sea bass it has sea nothing bass. to do with Chilean sea bass, no. if you're worried about the environmental they, or anything that. Um, and in fact, the, um, the Greeks, which I'm sure we'll have right. next week when we dine at Milo's, La they call it the right. right. And, they and the French call it Ludomer. Ludomer. Because right. it's kind of the wolf of the sea. It's a, it's a white flesh fish, but it's a rich, creamy kind of fish. I mean, it's, it's great. And not many off strip restaurants do fish that well. No. Let's face it. I mean, I'm going to have to try it. Yeah, when, when you and I go out off the strip, there's very few places. Even a good restaurant like Vintner Grill or Todd's on the east side, generally I'm going to get the chicken or the beef or the pork. I'm not going to go for the fish. I get fish at RMC Food Bar, a lot of places Todd's like that. Todd's does a good ahi tuna, but I know you're over ahi tuna. But, oh. um, uh, okay, I'm going to skip over the cheese, the mascarpone cheesecake, because honestly, when I'm in a great restaurant like RM, I rarely save room for dessert. I, I tend to you need to try Teresa Gwizdalowski's desserts. She is a I talent. I have had her desserts during tasting menus and things She like is that. a true talent, and I don't know. I mean, she's, she, does this, she does homey desserts, and then she makes them kind of avant-garde at the same time. 
kind of like you, Al Mancini. Kind I'm homely kind of and avant-garde avant at the same time. time. Okay. I'm homely yeah. and avant-garde at the same time. <laughs> I am okay. Spanish avant-garde. That's okay. why our good friend um, Jose Andres likes me so much. There you go. Um, but also RM, just a quick side note, story that I broke this week is that Anthony Fusco, their chef, is leaving. Well, there's more stories to RM that we don't, you and I, they won't tell me what's really going on there. I was, it was intimated to me two months ago that RM was leaving their present space and moving, moving into the into Shanghai, the Shanghai Lily. Lily space. Robin Leach swears that is not true. Rick Moonen won't talk to me. The PR, MGM Resorts will not talk to you. No. I know something's going on. Right. Rick Moonen is going to scale down his restaurant. It's not going to be two restaurants anymore. We know this. We just don't know where he's going to go. But Anthony Fusco leaving and going yeah. on to a new restaurant oh. is great. And Chris Stark is coming in. Alexander, Alexander, Alessandro Strada's protege from over at um, Strada. Well, he's one, of, he's one of like four or five of them. Yeah, you and know, they're all yeah, good. popping up around town. Right. And David Middleton great. is at Marche Bacchus. Yeah, they're all great. I mean, they're fabulous. Okay, so let's move on to where you just... We're really not going to fight about the cheeseburger. That's, no, that's what we're moving on to. Okay. Best dishes Duke's you've had up. in the year. He says a cheeseburger... At PJ Clark's. First of all, naming a cheeseburger one of the best dishes you've had in the year. <coughs> I, I don't know. So, are you just trying to appeal to my audience suddenly because you realize you're getting not cool? Or well, because even I wouldn't do that. And if you were, that cheeseburger is so overly hyped. It is mediocre cheeseburger. It's, it's a ten-dollar cheeseburger, and it's oh come on now. I mean, I, I will. You know, we. I should have brought one in. If I knew you were going to give me a hard time, I would have brought one in and put it next to a fifteen-dollar cheeseburger. Put a blindfold on you and make you taste Are it. Are you going, so you're going cost conscious. Is that your kind choice? Kind of a little bit, yes, for, t for 11 bucks. If you had is, said best dishes for the money, yeah. then maybe you would. I, I think for $11, it's everything that these steakhouse cheeseburgers that tend to be $15, $18, $20. It's everything How they are. How much at Old Homestead? $29. <laughs> $29. <laughs> How good was it? Uh, it's good. It's very good. Uh, is it $29 good? I don't know. I mean, even I, my snobby me, I can't go that far. Um, but, you know, you actually, I think, insisted that my wife have that cheeseburger when we went to PJ Clark's, and she and I both had bites of it, and we're like, mm, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a cheeseburger. Really, it's best dishes very good of the year. It, it, I, it really is one. I, I, it's one of the few foods I crave in this town. Well, I, I can wake up and go, I have to have a PJ Clark's cheeseburger. I don't know. Maybe that's not Is that the way other... Foodies that we know talk about In-N-Out and how much they love In-N-Out. Yeah, maybe, but I, I don't think, I mean, In-N-Out's good, but In-N-Out's just kind of a smash patty. This, this one is made with Meyer Ranch beef. They know how to cook it. It's very simple. The bun is that, just a, a nice little dome bun, very squishy. To me, it's just the perfect little elemental food. If, uh, if I'm going for an inexpensive cheeseburger, I'm going to Smashburger. Sorry. Yes, I, you know, I, I got to give Smashburger a lot of props, too. We're going to go burgers on, yeah. But let me go to some of the stuff. Okay, what, what was uh, what, another? So, no, we pretty much ran down okay, yeah, we we everything. Oh, we haven't gotten to my trends of the year. Oh, your trends. So you tell okay. me what your trends are. Okay, I want to talk about two things. I'll a few things, if you don't mind. Is Absolutely, okay? Okay. by all means. Um, I think the strip is going to get more and more boring. I, I'm a little, I'm with you here. You've almost converted me, Mr. Mancini. I think the... Uh, Steakhouse after steakhouse. Gordon Ramsay's going to come here and do, guess what? A, a steakhouse. I've been telling you this for uh, a year. I, I, I know, I know, I know. I mean, boring. it's just like they're all just going with the tried and true. I think it's more abundant on the strip. I think the places that do great food, the Letaliers, the Joel Robichon, the Guisevois, they're going to continue to do great food, but they're just going to keep chugging along with the same formula that they've been using. Um, I've been told, and I do not know, this sounds ridiculous to me. It sounds absolutely unbelievable, but I was told this by a person within the food industry, mm -hmm. within the casino industry, 
or connected to the casino industry who should know. I've been told that by law or by gaming regulations, every casino has to have a steakhouse. Have you ever heard no, that? No. It sounds absurd. That's stupid. But that's I have heard dumb. that I've never known one. Not, have you, do you know any no, that no, don't have one? They, they all have one. But, I mean, Alan Richmond wrote an article about this in that 2005. He said, 30 years ago, every hotel had three rest, four restaurants. They had a, a buffet, a steakhouse, a continental room, and a coffee shop. So, I mean, four restaurants. And uh, maybe uh, some of them would have an Italian restaurant in there, too. And, and that was just their formula in the 70s and the 80s. Now it's evolved past that. But there's still there's no imagination going into these places. I mean, I like Michel Richard. I like Central, but I don't think it's a great restaurant. And it should have been. I think for the number of covers <clears throat> he puts out, he's, he's playing above the curve. You yeah. know, ahead of the curve for the number of covers he's Yeah, playing. but I, I wanted something special, and I don't think it's special. And, I mean, I think Old Homestead is a great steakhouse. It's another steakhouse. What's Gordon Ramsay going to do? Another steakhouse. And so, we uh, have your pal Oscar Goodman with another steakhouse. Oh, just don't get that. me started. <laughs> what, now, what did you think of the food, honestly? Uh, well, first of all, I don't review meals based on press dinners. I'll tell you, though, I, um, you know, if I were Yeah, gonna, you were very good about that in your blog. I've got to give you props. I hate to make this a love fest since I think he's full of crap most of the time. <laughs> but, but, but uh, um, yeah, you just said, you know, here's what I hit, and here it is, yeah, and that's and all I did. Here's some pictures. So, yeah. I mean, generally speaking, you know, I, I, I would not, I, I'll give you the, the overall, I would not tell people not to go there. If somebody told me they were going to go there, I would not think they're going to have a bad time. I wouldn't, I mean, the view is great, the food is good. I like the fact that they dry age their beef, um, yeah. which, you know, they're using quality product. You know, those are things that I can say objectively. If I were to sit here and tell you how great a specific dish was, people would think I was kissing their ass because of yeah. the fact that I got a free meal. If I were to sit here and trash them, it would seem, I don't know, like I have some kind of gripe or it would just be impolite anyway. Nothing I say on a, based on a press meal because I didn't experience it the way normal people experience it. That's not a fair way to, to review yeah, a restaurant. Yeah, right, right. Um, so, you know, that being said, I will go back, though, hopefully slightly anonymously and try his Italian place. How do you, you don't go anonymously any more than I do. Well, a lot of people don't give a crap who I am, John. <laughs> they really don't. You, they all care about, but yeah, me, so. they, they don't care. So, okay, any other trends coming? Okay, um, I think we, we're in the midst of pizza wars. I think pizzas are getting better in this town. Don DeMarco's is good. Grimaldi's is expanding. I mean, it's a little second tier, but it's good. Set the bell. I keep hearing uh, Metro Pizza's opening up another yeah. store. Uh, Dua Forney, of course. Dua Forney has been a big hit. I think I'm going to have to argue that Dua Forney may be better than Settebello, and that's a, a, that's lot a of tough people, argument. But it's, a lot of people think so. But I, I, mean, I won't go toe-to-toe with you on that. I, I'll just say that pizza has never been better in Las Vegas, okay? And I think it's going to continue to get better because even Domino's, is. if you look at a national Domino's ads, they're advertising their artisanal pizzas now. Yeah. Okay, so even everyone's noticed that it's in the bread. It's about better ingredients, better crust, better bread, all that. So, so I, that's getting better. Um, uh, downtown, I think, is going to be an interesting. I don't want to make a prediction for downtown, but I think it's going to be interesting to see yeah. what happens. I'm going to be um, reviewing Le Thai in next week's City Life. So, and, and, and I'm, with, I'm reviewing it. So I'm not, we're always they're going to come the out same the same time, day. But, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to, let's not give too much away, but the cool thing I like about Le Thai, whether I say positive things or negative things about it in my review, is, or the food, is that, you know, I always, I always wanted to live downtown. 
And there was never any place cool to live downtown. There is and, now. Well, here's the problem. After seven years of living in the burbs, yeah. being convinced it would never happen, I now have two giant pit bulls who need a backyard, and I can't move downtown. So right. I, I've always been a little frustrated. But even that said, when I go downtown, I'd say even six months, nine months ago, and I'd be like, oh, this Fremont Street East is cool at night mm, when the yeah. bars are open. But during the day, there's the Beat Coffee House. Right. And then really nothing else. You're right. You're right. And what Latai has brought to that neighborhood is, A, they're open for lunch. B, they're a good restaurant, because that neighborhood didn't have a good restaurant. And they're kind of a groovy, cool little restaurant, yeah, too. A groovy, yeah, and then you got to give them that. And I can't walk in there without bumping into people that I know. And they're not just downtown people right. and artists and the Jerry Miskas of the world, who you expect to see down there. They're honestly people from all over town who will drive downtown because they want to have lunch in that urban setting, or they'll right. go over there for dinner. And that, I, I will say what I have to say about the food in next week's City Life. Um, I don't want to give too much away. But I have to say that vibe is yeah. really cool. And also Bar Bistro with their new Bar chef plus downtown. Bistro. And there's it's a, actually, there's a, it's, the plus is not pronounced. I've been corrected on that oh. by their publicist. It's just Bar Bistro. Well, but there is a little plus sign in it if you're, um, if you're looking at it. Okay, Bar Bistro. But there's a lot of cool bars downtown. Alcohol is a bigger, higher profit margin. So you've got to give our bar, the bar culture a lot of props. Lady Sylvia is really nice. I was there for the first time. Artifice is great. Bar Bistro is My good. The problem with downtown bars is they don't open until, say, 5 or 6 o'clock. Right. And so... If you're so, when you want to start drinking at nine in the morning, yeah, you I can't do it. In the morning. No, I mean seriously. You know, if you lived in New York City or another city right. that that's trying to emulate, that wouldn't be the case. Right. Bars aren't just a nighttime thing; they're just right. part of your community. Right. You go in, you know, and you have the snacks at their bar and a drink, right. whatever, at three in the afternoon if you're off that the day. Pickle from work, egg, you know, you know and yeah. So, um, but no, downtown's definitely. I, I mean, I, we're not certainly not. <laughs> revealing anything yeah. that no one else has heard of yeah. by saying this, but no, downtown's big. Back downtown, it could get bigger. I want to see, my big thing is, uh, you know, forget Oscars, beef, booze, and broads. I, whether it fails or succeeds, you know, good for it. I want to see another Latai, another, I don't want to see a little burger joint or a really right. good pizza joint or a place making kick-ass sandwiches. Not, not the franchise crap that everybody But does. you have to admit, I mean, you have your ear to the ground Almost as much as I do in this town. And I can name three major chefs that I know who have told me that they're pursuing ventures downtown. People that are not, some from the Strip, some from other great off-strip restaurants that we love. And they'll just say to me, yeah, I got a deal in the works to go downtown. So I think we are going to be seeing that. That's what I'm hoping. That's what fingers are crossed there. And finally, um, well, I guess that was it. Well, the Strip remains boring, downtown, Pizza Wars. Japanese food is great. Um, I'm hoping that Chris Heron is so big with bread and butter on the east side that he brings one to the west well, side. Supposedly he'll be doing something with the new Metro Pizza location. That's what I'm hearing. Okay, good, good, good. Um, and, uh, and so, okay, so quick question. I know that we're kind of out of time, but real quick, worst meal or worst review you wrote this year? I asked the food gal to send me a text and tell me because she's the one who hears me gripe, so let me look at my messages if I may. She goes, uh... Burger, it was a burger, oh. Um. Oh, this is good television, John. Okay. Okay, let me throw out mine, and we'll see what you think. Okay. I'm pretty sure the last time I wrote a review that was 100, or very close to 100% negative, was Petra. And you were Greek, so, and that is a Greek restaurant over in Tivoli Village. You just, you just jogged my memory. <laughs> I don't need to look at my iPhone to get this. Petra was 
astoundingly bad. Okay, as was iHeart Burgers, by the way. I hated iHeart Burgers. That's what I was looking up here. <laughs> okay. But Petra, Petra was every Greek I know, and there's a whole Greek community. When they, a Greek restaurant like that opens up, I knew a half a dozen families went there. And all I got was text messages. Oh, my God, this place blows, blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> Petra wins the award for the world. Well, so we both agree. And, 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 but uh, on that note, I'm interested to see what Tivoli Village does this year, too. Because Tivoli Village, I think, they, they just opened the burger restaurant, but I want to see how Tivoli Village, because most of the stores in there, the food stores, are astoundingly mediocre. So I'd like to well, see Well, the it. place is so tiny, too. That's yeah, yeah. really kind of depressing. But, okay, John... Thank you. Look, we managed not really to we fight. Didn't really, well, you didn't attack me like I you did last night. I guess we lost some viewers yeah. probably for yeah, not yeah. fighting because there was nothing in the um, chat room to, oh, that's okay. to shut but, up. But yeah. um, I sh we should say John and I co-authors of the book along with the great Max Jacobson, Eating Las Vegas. Who? Yeah, yeah. Eating Las Vegas, the 50 essential restaurants. You can get it now. It is dirt cheap on Amazon which means we get lower royalties, but we'll take anything. Yeah, really? really, a dollar a book, whatever they Next true. week I will be finally giving the details of my upcoming porn star brunch, which is going to be great. You and the porn stars, when are you going to get off that? You and the hot hostess watch. Oh, that, okay. they're just nice girls. You like to hang out with these. Oh, as, as I said on Facebook, I hang out with porn stars and I treat them with respect. He hangs out with restaurant hostesses and he sexually objectifies them. Who has the moral high ground? Well, here, I, I really? think porn stars do a pretty good job of sexually objectifying themselves, Mona Me. Right, and okay. and hostesses don't, so they need a lecherous they, old they, man they, like they you need, to they do need it. Me right? to do it. Yes. Well. <laughs> well, anyway, thanks a lot for tuning in. I hope some of you stuck around through it all. That is our year-end, year-beginning. That's you know, I'm the baby New Year. He's the old dead New Year. And um, uh, don't pay. Tune in next week. Yeah. We'll get back to our regular okay. format. Cheers. Okay. Well, cheers. Ding.